belief that God is good. Okay? How many of us have practiced that sort of gratitude this week? It's kind of tough. If we, if, we try to, if we try to take stock or take inventory on everything that we've actually expressed thankfulness for this week, well, we might, have, we, we might come across a few things like <clears throat> maybe somebody held a door open for you when you went into a store and you said thank you. Um, you know, maybe somebody showed just a bit of kindness and you said thank you. Maybe you're, you know, the kids, your friends, somebody, a coworker did something nice for you. You say thank you. Um, but very, very few of us can honestly say that we take time to express thanksgiving in a way that is tangible, that isn't just using the words thank you, right? Now, the, word, the two words thank you is a habit that we have to form from a very young age. And this is something our parents help us do when we're, when we're very young, right? When our child receives something and they don't say anything back, what's the first thing we say? Say thank you, right? It's just, it's, it's politeness. It's just a basic form of, um, of, of expressing gratitude for something, right? Um, but it's interesting that this, this is one of the hardest things that we as Christians can do um, is to express not just grat, not just, not just, I'm going to say this like this. God is not calling Christians to just be polite when it comes to our Thanksgiving and it comes to our gratitude, right? God isn't calling us to just act as if it's just a fleeting moment where we, we feel something and we have to say something as, uh, like I said already, as a, as, as some form of reactionary, um, instinct or something. It's something that God wants us to be in. It's like a perpetual state of gratitude. So if you have your Bibles, and I'm going to describe this in a little bit, um, and then let's go ahead and turn to the book of First Thessalonians, the epistle First Thessalonians in chapter 5. And we'll get there in a few minutes. Because dynamic gratitude Yeah, because dynamic gratitude comes in two parts, right? The first part, this first word dynamic um, is a little bit different than just just a, like a basic form of gratitude or Thanksgiving. Now, when we go and sit at, around the table and, and, and share a meal at Thanksgiving, sometimes we have a, a, a habit of like going around the table and everybody like saying what you're thankful for for the year. Um, and then before we break bread together and everything. Um, and that's, I'm honestly, that's all, that's all fine. But this gratitude or this state of thankfulness that God is calling us to be in is something that will help us be and remain dynamic people and dynamic believers. Okay. So what's the word dynamic really mean? Well, dynamic is a word that's used in physics. It's sort of a scientific word. Does anybody know what it means? Dynamic. Right. You hear the word you hear, you, 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 you listen to a preacher maybe, and you could say, oh, he's a very dynamic speaker. Um, you know, um, you know, you, people are described as dynamic. Well, dynamic describes something when you hear the words movement, action, change, propelling forward, right? Things that are dynamic are in constant state of motion. Okay. Now dynamic gratitude, because it's something tangible that we express. Okay. Something tangible that we, that manifests itself in reality. All right. Dynamic gratitude is designed to help us propel forward. It's designed to help us move and not stay the opposite of dynamic, which is static. And something that is static, which is another scientific term, is something that is stuck. Okay. It's something that is stagnant. It's quiet. It's unchanging. 
And see, the, the, the one, you, you may feel like you've been stuck maybe in your Christian walk for a little while. You may feel like, you know what, I haven't been as dynamic as I want to be. I haven't moved forward. I haven't felt that movement, that, that inertia. I haven't felt, I haven't felt like I'm, I'm being propelled forward, right? But the, one of the lies the enemy wants to tell you is that you're stuck, okay? And the truth is everybody is dynamic, Everybody's in a constant state of motion that nobody's really stuck in one place. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Okay. You're not stuck in one place and those changes, those changes happen incrementally, incrementally. So it could be years down the road. It's you guys, you guys know that, um, that illustration where, um, if you, how do you cook a lobster? Do you throw the lobster in boiling hot water? Or do you put the lobster in lukewarm water or cold water and turn the water on? And little by little, right, the lobster becomes cooked and doesn't even realize it, right? <laughs> it's kind of dark, but you guys love lobster, okay? You love lobster, okay? So those little changes that happen incrementally, like with the temperatures of the water, and little by little it goes from that dark, you know, uh, what, what's the color of a lobster? It's like a dark, almost black, black reddish black color to that bright red color. That you know how, how it's red. Um, little by little, years could go by. And those little incremental changes, if you were to look back, you, we are different people. And that's okay. We are different people than when we were 10 years ago. From the inside out, and this is all the way down to our physical bodies, spiritually, mentally, everything. You realize that you have a system in your body that... Um, replaces the cells and it's called cell regeneration, right? This is a, this is a process that, that, that through the, uh, uh, creative miracle that our body is used to cells die and are regenerated right through different processes in our body. And every seven years, every single cell of your body has been replaced with the new cell. Did you realize that? So you are, you are new creations all the way down to your, your, your atoms. Okay. We are all constantly in flux and we're constantly changing. But being in a, a state of thankfulness, all right, is going to help us move in a place that's propelling us forward instead of backwards. Okay? Amen? Everybody got it so far? Yes. <clears throat> um, so in First Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 16. This is sort of a blueprint. Anybody wants to know the will of God for your life? All right, it's literally laid out right here in the next few verses. Verse 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everybody catch that? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, whether it's what the next step is, whether it's God, how come you haven't answered my prayer in this area? What job am I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting on a job. I'm, I'm still waiting on you to heal my body. I'm still waiting on you to, to fix my marriage. I'm still waiting on you to fix my kids. I'm still waiting on you to restore this, restore that. Um, Lord, I don't know what to do next. What are the next steps of my life? This is the will of God for us to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing and in everything to give thanks. Okay. It's interesting. The first thing that Peter is, is addressing to the Thessalonians is to rejoice always. What he isn't saying is be happy always. What he isn't saying is, um, 
be joyful always. He's using the word rejoice. And that's interesting because what it connotates is that there will be times where your joy is taken from you. Right? There will be times where you do not feel the joy of the Lord burning within you. Okay? It's been, it, 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 it is stolen from us from time to time. But he uses the word to rejoice yourself. Like something reappears or something is reimagined. Okay, what, what Paul is saying is to look within yourself and re- recapture or take back the joy that was within you. Rejoice always because there's always going to be opportunities for us to let our joy slip. I'm going to go through these first two a little quickly and I'm going to park on the in everything give thanks here. But the next one is to pray without ceasing. And some of us, you know, we don't have the time to pray. I don't know what to pray. We don't have the words to say. We don't really know if it'll work. We haven't seen the results. We haven't seen the evidence. Uh, I keep praying and praying and praying the same prayers over and over and over and haven't seen God working. We haven't seen the miracles and all of that, but it doesn't matter. God's will for our life is to never cease praying, to never stop praying. And even when Jesus was faced with one of the, 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 the worst, or not the worst, but one of the hardest tests a human could face, knowing that um, he was dying on a cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And he's praying so much and so intensely, you know, he's, he, uh, he starts to sweat blood, okay? Because he's so scared. And it, it was interesting last week when BJ was here. Was that last week? Yes. I'm, lo- I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting older. Um <laughs> But he highlighted something very cool. Now, I don't want to say cool, but something interesting um, that uh, a, lo- a lot of great men in the Bible have come to places where they feel like they want to die. When you look at David and you look at, at, at different, different great men of, of God who have come to a place where they're completely broken and they want, they want their lives to just be over, right? <clears throat> Jesus, on the other hand, he, see, he, sees, he sees this, this incoming um, task at hand, right? And he says, please let this, this cup pass from me. And he's praying so intensely. He starts to sweat blood. And then he says those magical words. What does he say? Nevertheless, your will be done, right? So regardless of the emotions that we're feeling, regardless of the evidence, the physical evidence that we don't see, right? God reminds us, do not pray. I mean, do not cease from praying. Don't stop praying because your faith is what? The evidence for hope, things hoped for, it's the substance of things, the evidence of things not yet seen. Your faith is not going to conjure up anything in this, physical, in this physical world. It's not your faith, but it's God's power that is unlocked through your faith, through, through, through not ceasing from prayer. And then this third thing that, that Paul is instructing the Thessalonians here is, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ in you. How do we give thanks in every single circumstance? How do we give thanks when we just got um, a diagnosis from a doctor that has put a label on us possibly for the rest of your life? What, how do we give thanks when, um, when we feel like everything might be crumbling around us and everything we see with our eyes and we hear with our, we hear with our ears, um, all the voices in our heads that are telling us this is not going to get any better and there's no way out, there's no hope, right? How do we give thanks in those circumstances? How do we do it? Now, Les has preached this before, and he might, again, I'm sorry, Les, but uh, prepositions are very important, okay? 
prepositional phrases and those words that start off little prepositional phrases like, Judah, what are some prepositions? Rattle them off. And, at, what? Over, under, for, whatever, right? <clears throat> this, what this isn't saying is give thanks for everything, right? I'm not going to give thanks for the cancer that might be stricken on my, I'm not going to give thanks for the lack that I see. I'm not going to give thanks for certain things that I might be going through, but in enduring and, and through all of those things, I will give thanks. It is a perpetual state of being. It isn't something re, it isn't something I do because I've received something right. When we start getting into, and I've preached this about the spirit of entitlement before also when we get into the habit of looking at what we don't have, right? We fall into the temptation of thinking I haven't received what I think I deserve that God's holding out on me, that people are holding out on me, um, that I haven't got, I haven't got what's mine. Right. And that is a spirit of entitlement. It's, it's, it's a very evil spirit because the lie is you think you don't have what you deserve. Okay. The truth that God wants to give us the kingdom truth, the spiritual truth is that, you know what? I am giving you what you don't even deserve. And that is eternal life. That is peace. That is peace beyond all the understanding. That is, that is, uh, the ability to, um, the ability to allow the Holy spirit to, to, to come upon you and, and even in the midst of all of the struggles and all of those circumstances to know I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to pray without ceasing and I'm going to give thanks and all of this stuff. When we were younger, we used to go on missionary trips and there was a couple of times we went to Mexico. Anybody ever been on a missionary trip to a different part of the world that wasn't that and you were around people that weren't as well off as you? Anybody? No. Okay. Well, when, yeah. I mean, if anybody's been in any part of the world and, and uh, people who aren't as well off, right, you, you, you notice something when people are, don't have as much as you, right? You start to, you start to notice uh, there's, like, there's a difference between the way they look at life and the way I look at life. So this was a couple of times we went to Mexico and we were um, building some buildings. It was at, a, at an orphanage. <clears throat> there were some kids there. And, and I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome place because they were really giving into orphan kids. Uh, but they were really living very, very, uh, their means were very basic. It was very simple living, right? Um, dirt floors, the, the meals were, you know, they got three square meals, but very, very basic and plain. Um, and then when we showed up, we showed up with, with, with materials to build buildings. We showed up with toys. We brought a doctor from the church. He was giving free exams to the kids. And you could just see the thankfulness and the gratitude in their eyes, Right? And then there's something that shifts when you see how thankful they are when you, and you see the happiness and the joy that they're constantly doing. And you see like specifically the orphanage that we were at, there was a, uh, a church there and they would have Sunday service and they were just worshiping in Spanish and it was beautiful in the midst of their circumstances. You could see the gratitude and the thanksgiving and the thankfulness, right? That they're exerting. What does that do to me? Right? What is, what does that do to me? Just witnessing that, that a person living that little kids living like that orphans, um, boys, little boys and girls that are living like that are, are still finding a, a, a way to thank and to praise and to worship, right? What does that do to me? God wants to use 
your thanksgiving, your dynamic gratitude to change hearts and minds around you, wherever you are. So when people see you going through all of that, all of that mess, they're going through, whether you're going through a divorce or you're going through, um, like, like I said, terminal illness or you're going through whatever, that when people see how grateful you are, all right, when people see you praising God and praying without ceasing and worshiping and, 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 and not letting the enemy steal your joy for too long, right? Making sure you wake up every, people will be transformed. People will look at that and just be pulled and drawn. There's something different about David. There's something different about Judy. There's just something, there's something that, how, how can they look so happy in the midst of all of the struggle? And it's because we're exercising and we are practicing dynamic gratitude in our lives. In the Psalms, this is something that the psalmists and David, in Psalm 69, it says, I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95, let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to him with psalms. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Take, shout joyfully. You see those, those themes? This is all the way in the Old Testament. And those themes still ring true in the New Testament where it's, a constant state of giving thanks, not just in the physical courts that he was talking about, but in the courts of our heart, in the Holy of Holies, where the Holy Spirit dwells within you, within, within you. It's constantly giving thanks and, and, and rejoicing and praying without ceasing. Um, I'm going to finish up here in a minute, but as we express gratitude, we need to make sure right? As, as we are, it is dynamic. It's something tangible. And all of this is dynamic gratitude towards, towards God in worship, in our life, um, in everything that we do, but we have to make sure that our gratitude is, we're doing it in appropriate ways, right? All of this is appropriate. So what I mean by that is, um, let's say you go to a restaurant and you, you, uh, you get great service, the food is awesome. The waiter's been coming by your table. He's filled up your drinks, all this, this. How do we give gratitude to a server? You leave a pretty large tip, right? Um, <clears throat> you wouldn't. Hold on real quick. Yeah, you, uh, there's appropriate ways to give our gratitude. Um, when it comes to worship, gratitude prepares our hearts and focuses our attention to worship God fully. Amen. That is the appropriate gratitude that God wants from us as believers, right? To focus all of our attention, um, to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds as before we even gather here on a Sunday morning, right? As we enter into his presence during, during music or during whatever, or when we're just together in his presence in worship, whatever it is that we've prepared our hearts and our minds for him. That is the appropriate response to what God is doing, what God's done for us, who he is, the things that we can't see. Like during that song we're singing, um, it's kind of a new song. And so it's actually four or five years old, and it's kind of just kind of been rehashed a little bit. Um, And I just heard it for the first time last week. But it's like even even we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, we believe that God's good, and we believe that God's working on our behalf. And everything that we see going on in our life, because we have been called according to his promise, like the scripture says, everything is working for our good, right? Because he is the orchestrator of every, every good thing. Every good thing comes from God. And what the enemy would lie to you about, okay, is that there's no good thing for you. The enemy wants to tell you there is no good thing for you. 
because deep down you know that you're not a good person. So you don't deserve anything good. But God wants to remind us and keep reminding us <clears throat> what I, that plans I have for you are so would just totally blow your mind. They're not, they're not just to help you. Pro, they're not to help you prosper, right? They're not plans for you to prosper. They're plans for you to live out an abundant life. Everything is bursting from the seams. Your joy spills over onto the people around you. Your resources and your finances are so full that you're able to give away freely to people in need. Your health, you're so healthy that you're able to help others, right, become healthy. Your mind is so, is, you have such a, such a strong mind and such a sound mind that you're able to help others see the benefits of meditation and prayer and able to come out of depression and and mental illness. Okay. That's the kind of life that God is calling us to be, but we have to make sure that we're doing those three things. And what is that? The will of God for us is to, what is that? Right. Rejoice, take back our joy to pray without ceasing. And in every single thing, continue to give thanks. Amen. All right. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you this morning that we are going to be people, men and women, <clears throat> your disciples, Lord, who live in a perpetual state of thanksgiving and thankfulness. Father, when we look at what we have, we're thankful for it. When we look at what we're still waiting on, we're thankful for it. Lord, when we look at the things that we haven't seen yet, we know that you're still working because you are a good God, and we're thankful for that. Father, we thank you that <clears throat> we thank you that the joy that sometimes we don't feel, we can take it back right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that we are going to pray without ceasing in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that um, our bodies are healed. Lord, we thank you that our, our minds are healed, our memories are healed. Father, we thank you this morning that um, every good thing comes from you, and we refute and stand against all the lies or all the, all the, all the, all the attacks the enemy would have put against us, Lord, all the, all the oppression, Lord. The spiritual oppression right now from evil, evil spirits right now, we cast that out in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that our families, our homes, everybody under our roofs, under this roof, and are coming and are going, Lord, we, we take with us, Lord, uh, your presence, Lord. Everywhere we walk, everywhere we step, Father, your presence goes with us. All right, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right, you guys go with God. Thank you so much for coming. I'm thankful for you all.